there, there's a lot of up and coming stuff. It'd be too much to name, honestly. Like I, it's like a dozen that that I'm very bullish on. But uh, Neuralink might eat everybody's lunch before that, so it doesn't really matter. Hey everyone! In this episode, I have a conversation with Ladin Yurichek. He's the host of the Neural Implant Podcast, and one of the things that I appreciate most about Ladin is his life experiences. He's already traveled to over 100 countries, and he's currently a grad student at the University of Florida. He was also previously an intern at BlackRock Microsystems, and some of you may be familiar with this company because it used to be part of Cyberkinetics, which at the time aspired to do many of the same things that Neuralink is aspiring to do in the next coming years. The Neural Implant Podcast's purpose is to bring together the field of neuroprosthetics, brain-machine interfaces, and brain implants in an understandable conversation about the current topics and breakthroughs. He's been doing this podcast for four years, and he speaks with many industry experts. So I hope you guys enjoy our casual conversation. So I guess my first question is about your background, and can you talk about your education uh, and then leading up to what you're doing right now as a lab tech at University of Florida? I'm not a lab tech. I'm a graduate student now. Uh, I've moved oh, nice. up in the world. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, nice. Yeah. So so um, I'm a graduate student and it's a little bit convoluted because I'm, I'm a master's student. I already have a master's, but uh, and then I'm going to be moving to a PhD hopefully in December. Uh, and it's just been really, really convoluted because um, at University of Utah, which is where I did my mechanical engineering degree, and then later at uh, TU Dresden in Germany, where I did my nanobiophysics master's, my grades weren't the best. And uh, I lived by the maxim, C's get degrees, uh, which is true. Uh, you definitely can get a degree, but if you want to go to graduate school, you need more than C's. Um, but I didn't know I was going to go want to go to graduate school. So it kind of I don't know if it bit me in the ass, but like uh, it definitely uh, slowed me down. But at the same time, I think that might have been good because I may have gone, you know, headstrong into the wrong direction, and then you know, five years later down the line, be like, "Whoops, I don't like doing this." You've had the pleasure of interviewing so many different people because of the Neural Implant Podcast, and you've been doing it for four years now. Yeah, yeah, four years now. Okay, and uh, through interviewing all those people, um, both inside the industry and then also just random people right who are kind of knowledgeable or just skeptical about the progress being made um i'm curious what your take is on what companies you believe have the most promise and which ones you think may not have as much promise yeah well, i mean talking to you you're you're kind of the Neuralink guy and uh I, I really do like Neuralink. I, I, you know, I even even this morning, you know, I saw some pieces like, oh, this is never going to work, and all this kind of stuff. A lot of skeptical uh, professors and everything like this. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's great. I think they have great technology from the extent that I know, which of course is you know not perfect. I, I think they took the best of all worlds and kind of combined it together. And you know, that, that's kind of what happens when you can throw out 150 million dollars at a team, uh, which no other company or anything else can do. Uh, maybe aside from Medtronic or something like that, but they're not really in the development space. I would say. Um, I mean, other than that, I, I really do like uh, companies like Paradromics, for example. Um, they have you know like a sixty-four thousand channel array. It's just like tens of thousands of channels. Uh, they do a really good job, um, but um, you know they they do have limitations as well. Uh, there, there's other companies, Vegas Nerve Stimulation companies. Um, that's that's the ones that I really. Uh, enjoy set point is something that 
uh, is more in the bioelectronic medicine field, which is basically bypassing pharmaceuticals and and just you know using the nerves to to basically essentially do the the role of pharmaceuticals. Uh, I think the companies like that is good, but that's been a long time coming, and um, there, there's a lot of up and coming stuff. It'd be too much to name, honestly. Like I, it's like a dozen that that I'm very bullish on. But uh, Neuralink might eat everybody's lunch before that, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it is interesting to see the dynamic of Elon having all this like access to human capital and financial capital and. Just like his say goes so far, especially even like on Twitter. Now he has like 50 million followers. And the instant he says anything, like everybody's on it, all the news is covering it. And it's it's instantaneous. It's very real time when he posts it on Twitter. So it just spreads like wildfire. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I mean, his Dogecoin tweets have made me a lot of money. So that's been good too. I <laughs> can't complain. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I saw. I was looking back at some of the old tweets that Max Hodak tweeted, and I think he has one from either 2014 or 15, maybe 16. And uh, it says, like, I think I was one of the first Dogecoin miners. And so I, I don't know, I just had this like thought in my head is like, oh, well, maybe that's why Elon's been talking about it. You know, it's just <laughs> to like, help out his buddy. Maybe. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm just like, uh, wanting to ask more about where you think the industry is growing. Um, it seems to me like there's this divergence of non-invasive technology and companies that are focused on being non-invasive and they're totally okay with it. And then there are other companies that are focused on invasive approaches. They're willing to you know, put in all the hard work that's necessary to make that uh, those types of devices. What, what do you think is gonna happen in the future? Like, do you see that divergence continuing or uh, do you see them eventually kind of coming back together? No, I think they're very much uh, different things. They're two different beasts, you know, and, and like you said, the, the wearable side, you know, the, the non-invasive side, that is, you know, much lower risk, risk profile. It's, it's much easier, you know, there's no brain surgery involved or, you know, whatever. So it's, it's a much easier ask of people. It's like, Hey, here's a, here's a cool new belt that you can wear. Uh, and you know, it solves your Parkinson's or whatever that that's really cool versus like, Hey, here you go. We're going to pop open your skull and we're going to dig in this thing really deep in your brain and, uh, you'll be fine. We promise. Um, so that, that's a much different risk profile. And, and, you know, obviously those are much slower to get uh, FDA approval and, and, you know, that the burden of proof is much higher because it's like, well, we are, you know, cracking open the skull. So let's see. I mean, we, we can't just be like, ah, oh, I'm pretty sure it works the, the way you might be like with a Fitbit. But uh, yeah, so so it, I think it's going to continue like that. They're just, so I'm, I'm more on the invasive side. I, I really like the invasive uh, portion of things. Uh, and I do work in the, the design and development of these. So, so I'm a little bit biased in that, but I think that, um, you just can't beat the resolution uh, and you can't beat the the capability of an invasive implant. Uh, and that's something, I mean, I don't think that'll be beat for a long time. So I think they'll be uh, divergent for at least a decade, two, three, because, you know, again, going back to the, you know, wait, but why article of, of basically you're, you're trying to listen in on a stadium and uh, you're trying to f- triangulate and figure out like which, which person's talking to who and, and, you know, section 24 E of, of the, uh, of the stadium. 
you're not going to do that from the outside. You you have to go inside to be able to do that. And and I think that's like laws of physics, honestly. Unless right. we we break the laws of physics, which is not impossible, they've they've already done that with semiconductors. Like they've gotten down below, you know, the, the wavelength of light, and they're they're writing stuff at this level, which is just like I didn't like that's literally impossible. But but they did it, you know. But you have to throw a lot of money, billions and billions and billions of dollars at it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, so can you explain what you're doing specifically as a grad student? Yeah, so I'm uh, helping design uh, electrodes, nerve implants, and uh, then verifying them and uh, validating them. And usually, I mean, you kind of design something and then you're like, okay, let's put this in an animal or let's put this in a human or something like this. And what we're trying to do, we're trying to shorten that. You know, we're trying to, you know, develop models, like physical models, like uh, to simulate what it would like be like in the body and, and even accelerate that. So we could be like, okay, well, we have it a month in our simulation, a month in our, you know, test chamber. And that, uh, represents a year in the body, something like that. Cause the body attacks, attacks everything, you know, foreign bodies that are in it. And, and, uh, it doesn't like foreign bodies, um, inside of its body. And so that's what we're doing. And then, you know, we want to potentially even go a step further and be like, well, we don't even want to have to fabricate it and then, you know, put it in a test chamber. Let's just model it. And, uh, so that, that's kind of what we're doing is, uh, definitely the design and, and fabrication of electrodes. Yeah, I think that's one of the most difficult challenges that Neuralink or any invasive approach BCI company would have is like a material science challenge, you know, just like being able to design uh, electrodes that are both rigid and flexible, right? I think you need a combo or you need at least something that is going to be able to stay in the brain in a specific area. And then it's flexible enough to move around while things in the body are moving. Do, do, do you think that's correct? I guess that's the Oh, question. yeah, for sure. I mean, like okay. the body is like one of the most corrosive environments you can, you can imagine. I mean, I have a friend, he has an Airbnb on Cocoa Beach. You know, he lets us stay there sometime. And, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, so he's there and he's like, uh, when we go there, when we all go there, we have to, he, he changes out, you know, some of the stuff. So he shows us like the door locks, you know, and the, they disintegrate. And this is from the the salty air coming over, uh, you know, over the ocean. And after six months or a year, he has to replace like the door locks and the faucets and all this kind of stuff. And that's nothing. That's like literally. So that's like step zero. The body is like you know ten times worse than that, uh, because it also is actively trying to destroy. It's not just like passively like oh salty sure. air and water and whatever. No, it's like actively trying to kill whatever is inside of it and trying to destroy it the best way that it can. And so there's there's very few environments that are more aggressive than that. And, you know, you're trying to do something, you're trying to essentially make semiconductors, you're trying to make like microprocessors at this level with something actively trying to kill it, you know, so so that this this hasn't really been done before. And uh, there are a lot of materials um, analysis or materials uh, questions that have to be answered. So there's a couple of companies that I've started doing company spotlights on where I've started researching what they're what they're doing, looking into conversations that the CEO has had, um, discussions that they talk about. One of the ones that uh, I did a deep dive on is a company called Neurable. And I'm curious if you know anything about what they're working on. Yeah, I I definitely know the name. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they do the the uh, the headphones, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, they modified like a headset previously. Okay. They, they do like signal processing. So like basically they had an HTC headset 
um, and then they would modify the headset to have some sensors. And then with very, very little information that they were getting, they could decode those signals and like just process those. I mean, it was, it was really interesting to see some of the clips because they, they admit that they're taking very, very little information, but the information that they're using, they, it makes the person wearing the device feel like it's totally magical. Yeah. Yeah. So this is definitely EEG on the EEG side of things. And, and, uh, um, I don't, I don't really follow it that much. Um, okay. but I have heard of the company and I, I hadn't seen their, uh, their device, but it's really cool. And, and I love, I mean, it looks, you know, like it could be consumer and, and you could hack your own brain with this and, and build some kind of smart integration or something like that with it, which would be really cool. Um, are you familiar with the company Neo Sensory? No. Okay. Uh, they basically have like a, well, one of their main products is like a vest and it has, I think, 32 different uh, things that will vibrate um, and basically provide feedback to the user wearing the vest. Like it's basically translating voice and sounds to vibrations on the vest. Yeah. So it helps like deaf people be able to hear and stuff like that. Or not hear, but basically here yeah it looks like a bracelet that um is yeah turning turning uh sound into into vibrations it's pretty cool uh david eagleman uh i'd love to talk to him he he's a uh, you know big uh kind of neurotech explainer uh in the field so that that's really cool i think it's a uh, i think it's awesome but yeah again like this is this is a bit more like the consumer tech you know this is a bit more along the fitbit line um, you know, something you can go to, well, you could just buy off of Amazon. Um, that's not what I follow too much. Uh, I, I like it. And I think this will really open up the, uh, the field and, and kind of consciousness, uh, the public consciousness, um, to it. But yeah, no, this is, this is really cool. Yeah. I guess I, I should have known just based off of like the, the name of the podcast too, with like neural implant <laughs> podcast, but, but we do talk I, about a lot about, uh, wearable stuff and, and, I see it. Uh, I know that my, that my audience is interested in that, uh, and so so I do. Even though, like, I don't personally know much about it, I, you know, I, I want to learn too. Gotcha. Um, okay, so how about your take on Neuralink? How many years do you think it'll be until Neuralink has implants available for wide release? Um. So I heard some speculation. I heard a video today uh, speculating that they could be inhuman in a year. Um, and then, and now is, you know, uh, April, 2021. Uh, so I guess it'd be April, 2022, about that time. Um, and then, you know, before it's like widespread, I honestly don't know because you kind of have to look at it with different companies and normal med tech companies. And then, you know, like an Elon Musk company, because that just moves so much faster and there's so much money behind it that, um, and, and it's so not reckless, but like adventurous or just so, um, you know, uh, yeah, like willing to explore, willing, willing to, to explore. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That, uh, it, it's, it's, it kind of breaks the paradigm of everything else. So, I mean, I don't know, like five years or something like this before it's like relatively common where, you know, cause, cause I know a lot of implantees from, from BlackRock microsystems that have had, you know, the, the implant implanted in their brain and everything like this, there's like a handful. There's like, you know, you can count them on one hand um, to the point where it's like a thousand or something like that. 
I think I think within five years, yeah. Gotcha. Wow, that would, that would be super cool. Um, what what did you think about the newest Neuralink monkey video? Yeah, the monkey video. I'm just like, man, I wish I could have that smoothie machine giving me smoothies, banana <laughs> smoothies. When I play Pong correctly, I'd be so much better at video games. I, I loved it. I think it's really good, and um, it's it's not. So, so I saw, you know, uh, I, I've gotten into boxing, you know, and, and uh, just like, okay, I'm, I'm learning how to box and I'm just still really bad. And I went to my first boxing match and, and like saw it to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, it was really cool because they weren't doing anything different. They weren't doing anything like completely revolutionary in the, in the boxing match. It was still the same jabs and everything like this, but the way they did it and how, how they uh, implemented it, how they weren't tired, like their, their stamina and everything like this was just like on another level. So I, I kind of think this is, it, it, it's the, the, the monkey video is the same thing. It's like, what does perfection look like in this case? And, 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 you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, kind of approaching that. And, and if you have kind of a herky jerky, you know, beginner version where it's like me with a, with a boxing versus like a pro or, you know, somebody who's, who's trained at this for, for years, um, you know, you, you do see a difference and you see how much smoother it is. But it's not like a completely different game. It, it's exactly, you know, it's it's within the same, um, you know, paradigm. It's it's in the same. It's the same. It's the same game, but it's not. Uh, but it's just it's really that much better. So I've seen a lot of other videos that are very, you know, this this one was very smooth. All the the cursor movement, and everything like this, it was very smooth, which shows that they are connecting. They're they're uh, reading from. They're sensing a lot of different neurons and uh, something like the Utah electrode array. Which has a 96 electrodes, um, and then of that, maybe 30% are viable. Uh, it's it's much less fluid. It's it's much less smooth. And uh, so I was I was very impressed. And and I mean, obviously, like they they have uh, an order of magnitude more electrodes. So you know, if you have an order of magnitude more viable uh, neurons that you're reading from. Like, of course, that's going to be like that. But like, no, I'm I'm impressed. Like uh, again, I'm I'm impressed. Uh, and and there's been no. Uh, Neuralink presentation where I wasn't just like, man, hats off to you guys, you know, like really good job, like really, really good job. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's really um, a great analogy. Yeah, because um, like I guess with me posting that recent video, uh, just kind of giving my take on on the Neuralink monkeys and trying to lure people in, you know, it's like I think that's one thing with Neuropod that I'm trying to do is is just get like general public regular members of society to be at least moderately interested or aware that this technology exists you know and then once they've reached that certain level where they're at least interested or at least knowledgeable about like hey this thing is out there or this is potentially what's coming then it might lead them to start looking into things more learning more about the technology realizing how important the brain is and maybe researching it in more depth. But right now, it, it's like if anybody truly explained all the technical details at the very beginning, I think it would turn off a lot of folks who are just, I don't know, regular members of society, I guess. Um, Filthy casuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate, I think. No, but, but you need you need successes. You need you need kind of uh, you need points on the board uh, to, to be able to, to do that. I mean, up until now, it's been like I said, like with the BlackRock arrays, it's been a handful. Like literally, again, you can count on one hand. And so, true that the public might not know about you know a, one of a handful of people that 
that have uh you know had these implanted you know but but once it starts being thousands and once you know somebody down the street has has these implants like that changes things and that that's then that becomes a part of public consciousness um you know my pi principal investigator my professor like I, I was blown away a few weeks ago when he hadn't heard about Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency and everything like that. Like he'd literally never heard of it. And he's, oh you know, he's kind of in the know, but, but at the same time, like just this thing escaped him somehow. And, and I had to explain it to him. So, you know, like that, but that stuff happens all the time. And, and for me, it's like, I know some things in the public consciousness when my mom tells me about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. How did you hear about it? Like, I have no idea how she absorbs information. But like, uh-huh. when that happens, that's going to be like, whoa, okay, this is this is real now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and now um, with technology and like, just the the access to information and like the, the very narrow things that you can start learning about, like, it, it kind of becomes that way. Like, um, I think it was last year yeah it must have been during covid uh there's there's like one year it was 2019 or 2020 but um so last year i i realized that like basketball had still continued on after closing down due to covid and then they kind of like reopened in this little like bubble in orlando um but anyway like apparently hockey was also going on and i had absolutely no idea before I would have at least been aware that hockey was still happening, but now it's like, it's so easy to just be unaware of so many other things that are happening just because everything is so focused now. It's almost designed that way. Like YouTube and our phones, like all the news and everything is like specifically catered to what you're wanting. Yeah, exactly. And I, I also try to avoid you know, restaurants or something like that, that have the screens with the TVs and everything like this, cable news going because it's so distracting. It's the flashing lights for me. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember, there's a few weeks, like all there was, all the sports on TV was Korean baseball. That's all you could watch. It's <laughs> <Sure. laughs> like, yeah. what? what is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, so earlier today, I saw this video, um, I think it's from 2008. There was a human that was playing Pong with his mind, no control, no nothing, or no physical controller just like literally just his mind and uh so it goes back to your point like this has been happening before but now it's just kind of on an, another level like more people are going to be aware of it it's a little bit um more detailed and controlled and so that that's pretty cool to see but it will be really nice when somebody can write the headline like Elon Musk company Neuralink uh implants a chip into human's brain and human's brain or human can do all sorts of funky things with it. There we go. Yeah. I, I don't know how much funky stuff there will be in the beginning. Um, you know, in, in the, in the beginning, it's definitely gonna be rehabilitation, bring somebody back to, you know, normal, like a paralyzed person to walk or something like this. I don't think we're going to have like my, my, my example is always flamethrower arms or like laser eyes or something like that. We're not going to have that for a little bit, unfortunately. But uh, that you know, once and so with the Elon Musk stuff, it's usually it's usually really close closed ecosystem. But if it were an e- open ecosystem, you could definitely get like apps almost, you know, and just be like, hey, this is the uh, this is the dragon app. You become a dragon, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely think there will be a Neuralink app store in the future. You you don't suspect that that'll happen? No. 
No, there, there hasn't been a history of that kind of stuff in the past uh, in these kind of companies. So I, I don't think so. Gotcha. Okay. Um, do you think Neuralink would ever get into prosthetics? Potentially. So the way I see it is uh, they're coming to eat Medtronic and Boston Scientific's lunch. Um, you know, deep brain stimulators. I think that there's no reason they couldn't do a deep brain stimulator, uh, which is usually good for you know Parkinson's or um, Alzheimer's. Memory memory implants could be uh, along this addiction. Like there's so many pathways that they could go with with this. You know, very uh, transmittable or like very flexible device. I think it could be uh, flexible in terms of design. You you can basically tweak it and have it do whatever. Uh, what I really hope, and I, I don't think they're actually thinking about this, is that they do um, peripheral nerve stimulation and bioelectronic medicine, vagus nerve stimulation, um, because I think this could be the real game changer that, that completely just blows everybody's mind. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think they're going to be going after the, the prosthetics uh, pretty soon, just because it's such an easy thing to explain. Hey, this person that couldn't walk is now walking. Great. Boom. Everybody understands that. Um, so. So I think I think that'll be kind of low hanging fruit, and there's a lot of government money for that too, uh, a lot of defense money, which is a uh, very, very good money. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think about in the future a human potentially becoming like a cyborg, having two different arm prosthetics in addition to the two like regular arms connected to a Neuralink? Do you think that'll happen? Yeah, yeah, I think that'll happen. I mean, definitely, like, we'll have that kind of stuff. Um, if it's feasible or if it takes, I, I think it would take a lot of training uh, for the brain because the brain's not, you know, uh, wired for that. And it would be, it would be very, it'd be like learning to walk again. And so it'd be hours and hours uh, of, of learning for that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be, I think that'd be really cool. And I mean, at that point, the sky's the limit. Again, like, you can do whatever you want, you know, you could, plug into an airplane and just like, I'm the airplane now, you know, like you, and, and that, that'd be the really cool thing is like, you could have vehicles or, you know, devices or whatever, and you could plug in and just be that thing instead of like controlling it. Like, no, I feel, Oh wait, no, the, the front left wheel is, uh, is low and it's kind of wobbling or something like this or, you know, whatever. And, and you could have much better feedback, uh, in terms of what's going on with the body when, when it's, you know, when you have a whole, higher bandwidth sensory input on, on what's going on. I think it could be really good. But again, like that, designing something to, to be actually working with that and to be able to have the body absorb that, the brain absorb that in a, in a logical way, that's going to take some time. Yeah. Well, I think in, in the scenario that you presented, like to have a, a cart that would have four wheels and you can sense like when a wheel's lower, like you would need a sensor on all four wheels, right? And to, be, to provide that feedback to the, I don't know, computer, I guess. And then, or computer slash human. But you need thousands of sensors. Yeah. Yeah. You need thousands. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like just because of the, um, there being so many synergies, like I, I could foresee them getting into prosthetics just because it's, it seems like the ne next natural progression for them to, for them to take. Oh, can you talk more about your experience at BlackRock Micro Microsystems? You did an internship for six months? Yeah, yeah. I did an internship there for six months. And then I did um, another internship with a, a company in Germany that uh, they were working with, you know, kind of more on the material side. So I was also there. Uh, I, uh, that was only two months, actually. Sorry, I, I don't know if I said six months. 
uh, for that second one. Um, but yeah, so so I was kind of um, I, I saw what that looked like, you know, kind of on the engineering side, and and got to know the processes and everything like this. And uh, on one hand, it was like, wow, this is so futuristic, this is so amazing. On the other hand, I was like, wow, this is very primitive, uh, caveman, you know, tools. And so that's kind of what's kept my attention for literally that decade since I was over there um, was like, we need to improve this. And I remembered all the problems that they, you know, they were always talking about. This is like, oh, we got to, we got to solve this glial scarring and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, that, that's just something that's, you might as well, you might say was implanted in my brain ever since then. And uh, it's just, it's just been something I've been thinking about and trying to solve since then, you know, even when I didn't have anything to do with the field. Were you able to speak with anybody at BrainGate? while you were at BlackRock? No, I think that might have been before then. I was there, I think, 2012. Uh, I don't know when the BrainGate stuff happened. Yeah, later on, I, I, met, I met a lot of the people that were involved in this. 2004, 2006, 2009, 2012. Yeah, so it would have been, would have been done by then. But uh, yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any hints for questions that I should be asking you? <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I have to say, like, when I saw the original, um, you know, unveiling, because, you know, I, I, I had known that, that, uh, about Neuralink for basically since I started the, the podcast, like that, that was within, I think I started like a month after. And I, you know, I, I started for my own reasons. I started the podcast for my own reasons. Uh, but, uh, I, it was really exciting to see that, you know, Elon Musk was getting into it. Even at that, at that time, it was even less like the cult of Elon Musk, but, but um, you know, I, I heard I was already following him. Just like this is somebody we should be following. So it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty uh, good to see that. But but when they did that unveiling and then they first, um, I don't know, the the kind of explanation of what they've been working on, I was very impressed. And uh, yeah, and especially the material side and the fabrication side. Again, this is my specialty. Like they just they just checked all the boxes. I mean, um, the the threads, you know, uh, the the polyimid threads that they're using to to sew into it. Um, it's brilliant, honestly. And from everything that I know, uh, on, you know, the foreign body response, uh, there's no reason it shouldn't work and it should, it should last like really, really well should last for forever, honestly, because what happens is under eight microns, uh, the body doesn't sense a foreign body. Like, uh, and basically the, the narrowest dimension of a, of an object has to be less than eight microns. So yeah, if you have a, if you have a, like a, a, a block or something like that's eight by 50, then the body, you know, probably wouldn't, uh, probably wouldn't notice it. But, um, what they're doing, they're doing like eight by two. So they're, they're really, they're, they're really at the threshold of, of what's possible. And, and the body, you know, as far as I know, it, it's not going to have any issues with it, which is huge. And, and again, with the BlackRock microsystem stuff, that was the biggest issue was glial scarring, the body kind of just makes scar tissue around it and just protects it tries to isolate itself from whatever this foreign body thing what, what's what's going on we don't know and so it just kind of isolates itself and so their electrode readings would drop a lot and this has been very well documented um over a year it'd be like 95 percent or something like that or over the first month it'd be like 70 percent of your electrodes are gone boom um but based on what i know you know about the size and, and what the body handles and doesn't handle um these these, uh, you know, Neuralink electrodes could be in forever and the body would not care at all. And, uh, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't 
you know, mount an attack against it. True, there is the passive stuff, kind of like with my friend, the, uh, you know, the door handles kind of disintegrating. Uh, that that will still happen, but at least it's not actively trying to attack it. So it's just it's just very clever. I really like it. I'm a fan. Thanks for listening. Since you've made it this far, we greatly appreciate your support by liking, subscribing, and following us on all the major social platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you really enjoy our videos, we'd also greatly appreciate your support by clicking the join button down below the video or going to patreon.com slash Thanks again and hope you join us again for the next episode.